Mark's Gospel, and chapter 1, the concluding verses of that chapter, and just the opening verse of chapter 2. We read in verse 35 of Mark 1, Now in the morning, having risen long, a long while before daylight, he, that's Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But He said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. He was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Then, and he strictly warned him, and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Amen. We come to the Lord's word. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that we have the freedom and liberty to gather in this way. We thank you, Lord, that we come together to hear what the Word of God has to say to us, knowing that it is a living and powerful Word, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide to the very deepest thoughts of our being and reveal unto us the secrets of our own hearts that we have hidden from ourselves in order that, Lord, we might live as we please instead of living as pleases you. O Lord, may those secrets be opened up before us this morning, that, Lord, we might see the will and purpose of God for our own lives, that we might not judge one another, but we might examine ourselves in the light of your word and give us the grace, O Lord, to obey that word, that we may do so, Lord, willingly from a glad heart desiring to honor our God with all of our life. Lord, may truly the mind of Christ our Savior Live in us this day, we ask in Jesus' name, for ourselves and for the children gathered in Sunday school. Amen. Mark here in Mark 1, the concluding verses, records something of Jesus' frustration. There was a man, a leper, who came to Jesus. The events of Jesus' first visit to Capernaum have been recorded to us And they are acknowledged at the end of them that Jesus now went forth and he was accompanied by his disciples. 
He went throughout the region of Galilee and he preached in all their synagogues and he cast out demons. Just a few verses, we will be told, as we've just read at the beginning of chapter 2, that Jesus will return to Capernaum and that he again will engage with the people there. But there is one event that Mark chooses to highlight that stands out for Mark as he records his gospel that he puts between these two visits to Capernaum, his first and his second from how Mark records them. It is one in which one man's actions frustrated Jesus' ministry. There appears to be just this one place where Jesus could not enter because of the actions of this one man. Using Mark's pen, God highlights for us the actions of this man that frustrated the ministry of Jesus. To direct our attention to something that might not be immediately obvious to you, but is here in this passage, actions that frustrate the ministry of Jesus. You might not see it yet, but there is here, first of all, a disappointing action that is found within these verses. And along with it, we find an obstructing conduct that continues even to this day that can frustrate the ministry of Jesus. The word frustrate is important. We cannot stop the work of Christ. There are things we can do that frustrate the work of Christ. So first of all, the disappointing action we find within this passage. This man went out and began to proclaim freely. But before we get to that, we begin with this leper's healing. Now a leper came to him, we find in verse 40, and he imploring him and kneeling down to him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Everything here begins so well. Here is a man who recognizes that Jesus has the authority to heal him of his leprosy a disease from which others would hide away and keep away from. But this man believed. The man approached Jesus and he falls falls down before him on his knees. And he begins, as the word imploring means, to beg Jesus. He begs him earnestly that Jesus would heal him. He recognizes that Jesus has the authority to determine whether or not he will heal the man. It is not for anything the man is doing, but Jesus has the authority. If you are willing, he says to Jesus, you can make me clean. Thus, this man's apparent faith appears very impressive, doesn't it? Here is a man with a disease that nobody else can help him with who comes to Jesus knowing that he is able to heal. It even may appear to us that this is real and genuine faith expressed, for Jesus meets the man's need with compassion. He looks at the man, he hears the man's words, and his heart is moved towards him. He does something that no one's done for a long time unless it was another leper. He stretches out his hand and he touches the man. You think back, some of us who were here when AIDS was first uh, known to us, many people would not touch a person who had AIDS. This was how this man would feel in this moment. Here is a person who is willing to touch me. While informing the man, also I am willing, be cleansed. Mark again uses his favored word within his gospel immediately. 
he informs us, as soon as Jesus had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. It's an amazing miracle. The man was healed. But it is followed by the sinner's action. However, he went out and began to proclaim freely and spread the matter. Jesus had not finished speaking to the man when he said, I am willing be cleansed. He had a strict warning for the man. Jesus spoke to the man with the same authority as he had addressed, as Mark records in previous verses, the demons. He had said unto them not to speak of him. He commanded that they be silent. And Jesus speaks with that authority to this man. In verse 44, see that you say nothing to anyone. But go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. In these words, this man received the commandment of one he knew to have authority from God. He'd already come before him and said to him, if you are willing. He knew that Jesus had this authority. And now he knelt in the presence of Jesus cleansed. He had not a mark on his body that represented anything of his leprosy. It had all gone from him. He was the living proof of that authority. In the words that the man received, the command, he not only knew the authority, but he knew the authority that came from God. Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded. In these words, then, he receives the command of one who has authority. He also received the reminder of the written command of God, recorded in Matthew's gospel. Do not think I've come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And so he commands the man with the written word of God, reminding him, now you've been cleansed, you should go to the temple. You should display yourself before the priest that he may examine you, and you should offer to God those things which are right. The requirement of God was there for a man cleansed in such a manner. But instead, this sinner went out, And he disobeyed Jesus, as if he was now free to choose how he obeyed God, because his leprosy was gone. He deliberately disobeyed what Jesus had commanded him and spoken to him. He was not silent. He opened his big mouth as wide as he could, and he told everyone and all and sundry. But Jesus had told him to be silent. He did not immediately go and give God what was due for his healing. Leviticus chapter 14, that book that we often struggle to read, this shall be the law of the leper for, that de- for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest. The priest shall go out of the camp. The priest shall examine him. Indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is cleansed. Two living and clean birds, cedar wood and scarlet Scarlet and hyssop. He failed to do this. He failed to bear testimony before the priest, as Jesus had told him to do. Let this be your testimony. 
Let these be the words, the expression of what has happened to you. He failed to bear testimony before the priest and those with him of the miracle that God had granted him. And so the passage concludes with Jesus frustrated. So Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. Verse 45. The actions of this man frustrated the ministry of Jesus because it was frustrating to see that he who had been healed in such a way could be so disobedient to God's authority, authority through which he had been healed. He was willing to come and bow before Jesus and say, if you are willing, I can be cleansed. But he was not willing to keep his mouth shut and go and do what he should. He accepted that Jesus had the authority to heal him. He was also denied the authority by which God only said, go to the temple and show yourself. What was the purpose of that? that he might rejoin the community of God's people. This man hadn't been able to go to the synagogue for as long as he had leprosy. He couldn't be part of the people of God. He couldn't live with his family. He couldn't enter into his hometown. He couldn't do any of these things. He had leprosy. And God had made a way by which his cleansing could be shown and he could rejoin the community of God's people. But he didn't accept the opportunity didn't accept the authority of the one who should have been honored. God himself. This was God's word. And he didn't honor God. Say, so, well, are you speaking about Jesus? Yes. But that wasn't what Jesus asked him to do. That wasn't what the word of God had asked him to do. That wasn't what God asked him to do. The actions of this man prevented Jesus from fulfilling his purpose. He told us in the previous verses, his purpose was to go into all the towns, to enter their synagogues, and to preach to them. Jesus couldn't do that here. He didn't enter into that place. Instead, people came out to Jesus. Well, that's achieved the purpose, but why did they come? They didn't come because they heard what he had to say. They came because they heard he'd healed a man of leprosy. There's quite a difference. They didn't come because they saw that this man had been reconciled to God, that he had been reconciled to the community of God by God's actions, beginning with the removal of his leprosy, but evidenced by the things that he should have done and carried out. He frustrated the ministry of Jesus. I don't say that that man didn't go eventually or do, but we are not told that. We're only told of the way in which his actions frustrated the ministry of Jesus. Jesus couldn't go and fulfill his purpose in the way that he was meant to do. It didn't stop the work, but it did frustrate the work. Now, you may not have seen that before on the page, but I'm sure as you go through it, you will find the same things that I've just try to point out to you very clearly and plainly from what is there. So what are we to learn of this? Well, there is such a thing as an obstructing conduct. We read there in Mark 1 and verse 44, offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded. But again, we step back from what we're meant to offer and we begin where we start with this man. 
What we note with this man is that God may grant our first request. As this leper came to Jesus, he knelt down before him and he begged Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. There are many people who come to Jesus recognizing that he has the authority of God even to heal them. There are many desperate people who will recognize this authority and find themselves in those desperate situations, though they have not thought much of God throughout their lives, begging God to help them, recognizing that if you are willing, you can do this. And graciously and compassionately, God has granted some, not all, but some, who have begged for what they want, what they have asked. Some have asked that cancer be dealt with and it has ended into remission. Addiction relents. The sick recover. Employment is found. A home is provided. Even a child is born. They experience the willingness of God to heal all their infirmities. These things leave the professional stunned, the doctor confused as to why and how this can have happened and and with no explanation for it is a miracle that has occurred. The counselor is confused and amazed that such a sudden transformation of a person's life and situation has occurred. It is a complete transformation of a person's circumstances. And for the individual themselves, they will sense that Jesus has touched and spoken the word that has caused this. Just as this man did, as soon as Jesus spoke, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Even more significantly, through a person's physical circumstances, they may be caused to cry out to God for forgiveness. Seeing what their life has meant and what they have done, they may cry out to God for for some forgiveness in that moment. In the Bible, God at times uses leprosy as an outward illustration of the corruption of sin within. One of the most famous instances of this is found in Numbers chapter 12. Aaron and Miriam, who were the brother and sister of Moses, spoke against Moses because he had married an Egyptian. But their real purpose was this. This is what they said in Numbers 12 and verse 2. The Lord Has the Lord indeed only spoken through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? God heard what they had to say against his servant. He called all three of them before his tabernacle, and there he appeared before them. He spoke to Aaron and to Miriam, and he spoke of the sin that they had committed in speaking against the servant that he had chosen, Moses, their brother. We read in verse 10 and verse to verse 13. And when the cloud departed from the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned towards Miriam, and she was a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed as when when one comes out of a mother's womb. So Moses cried to the Lord saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Seven days Miriam had leprosy. 
people of Israel did not move camp until Miriam was healed and was able to return in the midst. A person's circumstances and situation may cause them to become conscious of their sin against God and they may beg for forgiveness and know what it is to receive a taste of that forgiveness as their physical circumstances improve. But in spite of all this, our response still to God may be sinful. This man went out and he began to proclaim freely as if it didn't matter what God had said. And it did. Although Jesus had healed the man of his leprosy, it didn't mean the matter was entirely resolved. He had taken away the physical, but he needed to be accepted back into the family of God's people. He needed to follow what God had spoken. He needed to be, do as he was instructed by Jesus, by Moses in the word of God, by God himself in these matters. See that you don't tell anyone, but you go your way, show yourself to the priest, offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded. Dear friend, in this passage we see it may, it is not always, but it may be a terrible mistake to think and act as if everything's okay after we've received positive answers from God to matters we've begged for. Even though we may be exceedingly willing to tell everyone else around us what God has done for us, there may be first matters which need, must not be neglected. We are never, whoever we are, free to proclaim whatever we like about God. We are never free to do that. Rather, after receiving the answers we begged God for, we should turn to God and ask what he would have to be done next. Jesus reminded this man that through Moses, God had commanded him what needed to be done next. And likewise, in the books of Moses today, there are still instructions that are relevant to our lives. Of first importance, as we find in those books, we need the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God who takes away the very root of the problem and issue of our lives, the sin that separates us from God. It must be removed, so Christ must be applied. We need to do, have that applied to us. Following that acceptance and application of God's salvation, there is instructions for those who would live their lives in relation to God. In every area, including how we worship God, what we do with our bodies, our marriages, our families, our work, our employment responsibilities, and so on and so forth. Failure to seek God's instruction, the instruction of God's word, after we've received God's answer to our desperate prayer, can be sinful. It may also be evidence that our request to God remains a self-serving thing. And we had no true intention of honoring God in the first place. They were simply words that we uttered to get what we wanted. It wasn't really the cry of our heart. And thus the Savior's ministry can be frustrated. Jesus could no longer openly enter that city. He had to remain in the deserted places. And they came to him from every direction. As with the leper, it continues to be a frustrating sight to see those who graciously and compassionately received answers to their prayers from God, disobedient to God's authority. 
authority through which they received the change of their physical circumstances. It is God who commands miracles. It is God who provides life. It is God who heals. It is God who is behind all of these things. We prayed to him. We asked him. We knew what he had done. We may be disobedient to that same authority. Authority which makes a way for us to to join the family of God. We once were strangers to sin and to grace, and to grace and to righteousness, to the wonders of what God had done. We were strangers to all that God had provided. But now he has opened our eyes to see this is my authority, but this is the purpose of my authority, to bring you near. Authority intended to be honored in accordance with God's word. When a person practices their life in this way and says, you know, God did this marvelous thing for me, but their life lives contrary to the word of God, which is expressed so clearly in the scriptures. It can prevent people from hearing of Jesus through the scriptures. Instead, a family, friends, colleagues can come to believe that they can be connected to Jesus without the word of God. This It's a fact of me believing, and I'm saved. It's okay as long as I've experienced something of God. He's healed me. He's done something for me. It's okay. I I tell people about Jesus. But it isn't okay. They have not seen that God has reconciled the person to himself and to the community of his people beginning with the removal of the evidence of their sin's impact on their lives. They've only seen that Jesus heals. They've not seen that Jesus comes to reconcile sinners unto God, unto himself, unto the community of his people. And it is a disappointing action that concludes with an obstructing conduct, actions that frustrate the ministry of Jesus. And yet the reason for me being here this morning is not to give us all a good telling off from the word of God. That would be far too easy to do from a man's perspective, but that's not the intention of the word of God. It is to remind us that in spite of all of this, Jesus is still moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand and he touched him. The most unclean of diseases of the day, most unclean uh, things of the day. Uh, He was thinking uh, of the need of this man and saw the need of it. And dear friend, as we look at it, it is evident that God deeply cares about the circumstances of your life. He just doesn't know you by name. He knows everything about you and he cares. He cares. And he can Change those circumstances. But God in Jesus Christ desires to do much more than just change your circumstances. God sent his son into the world to reconcile you to him as your father. To bring you into the community of his people who while on earth received the instruction of the word of God in living relation to him. Being the beginning with the necessity of the shedding of Christ's blood for the remission of our sins. 
Now heed what Jesus said later in his ministry. Jesus warned us also, there will be many on the day of his return, and he used the word many, who will say, Lord, didn't we? Lord, didn't we heal people? Didn't we preach? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? But he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. But Lord, you healed me. But Lord, you you repaired my marriage. But Lord, you did this, you did this. No, you never heeded my word. You took my gifts. You never heeded my word. You never turned to me for instruction. You were never reconciled to me. I held out my arms on the cross. I begged you to accept my forgiveness. You would not. You said, I've been healed. It's enough. I've been this and that. It's enough. But you never came to me. Dear friend, don't be like this, dear leper, as he is recorded to this point in the Scripture. That we receive the answers to our prayers which only God can give and we beg and he graciously and compassionately gives us the answer of prayer and then we turn our back on him and we do what we please. Even if it's being the best evangelist in the world, don't do it. Look to his word. Receive his instruction. God did not do this merely that you could be healed or receive some physical blessing. He did it so you could be reconciled unto him and so that the word of his son might be proclaimed before all men. We have this ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, whereby God is pleading as if through us that we should all be reconciled unto God. Read, listen to the instruction of God's word. See what God requires of those who live in relation to him. You may begin with a prayer. but The Christian life does not end there. There is a love for the bread of heaven, a love of the word of God. Lord God, these words are extremely challenging. Lord, many of us have received, and we gladly admit before you, wonderful answers to our prayers. We thank you, Lord, for the way in which you have worked in miraculous ways in some of our lives, and we give you the glory. Lord, we would also have to admit very often that we struggle to read your word and listen to what you have to say to us that we don't see the relevance of the books of Moses for our lives for some of us. We don't see the relevance of what you told in regard to our families, our bodies, and all the things you instruct us in. Lord, we just think we can tell others about you. When our lives undermine the word of God, Lord, forgive us for our sins. Well, we have thought because you've healed us, because you've done this, we are free to do as we please. And Lord, truly, you've done these things that we may know what it is to be reconciled unto you. Lord, we thank you for the leprosy, the outward things that you are able to deal with. But Lord, we thank you that you deal not only with the outward, you deal with the heart. It is through the blood of Christ that all our sins are cleansed. 
It is through his sacrifice that we are welcomed into the family of God by God himself, and we are reconciled to God. Lord, may our lives display this reconciliation as our lives are reconciled to the word of God. May we live by its light and by its light lamp. May you guide us in paths of righteousness for your own name's sake. Lord, may all the glory and all the honor be yours. We thank you, Lord, that the work of God may be frustrated, but the work of God is never stopped by the actions of the things that frustrate you. Lord, you continue to save those who would call upon you, and you never miss one person who you have determined to save. Glory be unto your name. Lord, forgive us for times we've got in the way of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, when the scripture has not been able to be opened, because our testimony has deafened ears and blinded eyes to the wonder of your love. Lord, revive us again in the midst of the years. Make your word our passion, our delight, as God would breathe through it. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.